Hi, my name is Michael Conard. I'm the founder and CEO of Visla Silver. Visla Silver is developing the very high grade, um, very large district called the Panuco District in Sinaloa, Mexico. We have an ongoing 120,000 meter drill program that's completing this year, and uh, we expect to put out our, our first update to the maiden resource uh, towards the end of this year. Michael, good to see you, sir. You're, you're calling us from Beaver Creek Conference and, and you're, I think, t- delightful backdrop of your bedroom. So I appreciate making the time because <laughs> you've got a bit of a busy day ahead of you, I suspect. So what do you, who, are they, who are you there to see? Well, it's been a great mix of, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, sell side, buy side and even corporates and, and kind of everything in between. Um, it's been a really exciting time for us. It's the, the busiest I've ever seen a, a schedule. So um, a lot of people are interested. A lot of people interested. Uh, not so much in silver recently. What, what's going on in the market? Well, you know, I think we're all a victim of a strong dollar in a rate hike environment, um, which, you know, it can continue for a little while, but it won't continue forever. I think that seems to be the general consensus. I'm glad you said it. Um, right. And But here, here, here's the other thing is like, I've been reading through your press releases. It's more high grade after more high grade after more high grade. Do you think there's a kind of malaise in the market in terms of the types of stories that you're putting out? Yeah, well, we tried to drill some low grade, but we couldn't find it there. <laughs> no, and I'm and I'm joking, of course, but but um, you know, it, yeah, you know what? It, it it can get to a point where there's um, you know a bit of a you know you get a little bit tired of these these kilo multi kilo hits over over big um, widths. But this is all for a good reason. You know, we're, we're adding ounces faster than anyone. And, and if you want to add ounces fast, it's, it's good to drill big, thick structures with high grades. So, you know, we have an end in sight, you know, and the end in sight is to build, basically our vision is to build uh, one of the world's largest silver primary producers out of the Panuco district. So, um, you know, this is all part of the plan here. Okay, well, well let, maybe that's the important bit of this conversation. We're all joking apart is um, you, you keep drilling for a purpose. You've got this 120,000 meter drill program, which is sort of you're coming towards the end of, but everyone wants to be the biggest, you know, fill in the, fill in the blank. Um, how are you actually going to deliver that? Well, one thing is becoming very, very clear to us. And, you know, I do tell this story a little bit every once in a while, but, you know, the person, that the, the, the Spanish conquistador that, that discovered Panuco, Found two other places before he died at Panuco at the, you know, in his mid thirties. But uh, that first one was Fresnillo, which you know the Fresnillo, the world's largest silver miner, is named after. Uh, the second one is the city of Durango, which is you know prolific for mines. And then this is the third. Now we always knew that, um, but what we didn't know was the kind of the concentration and the amount of high grade and, and broad mineralized structures here. But it's becoming more and more clear to us that this is truly one of these these tier one districts in Mexico and, and probably one of the last um, in existence, you know, that hasn't been consolidated and, and hasn't been explored before us. Right. But but what do you what, I want to know precisely how you're going to get to the position of, you know, a tier one silver um, producer from, you know, drilling to where that where you need what you need to be able to deliver to get to that point. There's a bunch of stuff that you've got to do. And, you know, you've got a lot of coverage from analysts. Um, I'm sort of intrigued by the way that they they look at you. I'm intrigued by what the institutional investors are saying to you. What do they need to see? I mean, I'm not the ones that want you to raise money so they can make, make their fees, but the ones who are genuinely in this because they think you can get to that number one or tier one position. You know, the way that we look at it, there's probably, uh, well, there, it's a dual track path here. Um, we joke sometimes that, um, you know, our grandkids will be finding discoveries of, of veins here, you know, as we continue to explore. We're going to be drilling here for a very long time. 
So, you know, there's always going to be an ongoing discovery drill program, resource development program uh, for drilling going on the property. But in the background, what we've been doing for the, even the last year and a half is baseline environmental studies, uh, geotechnical hydrological studies. Uh, we have internal scoping. We have a, an internal scoping study, which is um, assisting us on basically mill, mill placement, um, you know, all the things we need to do for permitting, um, you know, power line hookup off of the grid. Now we do have excellent infrastructure here. There's two highways that run through the property. There's high tension power that crosses over the veins. Um, you know, it couldn't be better in terms of infrastructure, but you know, what we're doing as you know, the public sees us drilling and, and putting out splashy numbers all the time and, and adding resources, you know, it's all part of a larger plan here, which is, you know, it's probably, you know, this update here, resource update towards the end of the year before Christmas, it's probably one more resource update as we continue to, uh, to grow. And then it's the scoping study economics. Um, you know, of course, we don't put a timeline on that because six months ago, if we were talking about that, we would have said, you know, it'll be sometime in early 2023. But then we made the discovery of Copala um, and everything kind of changed in terms of the scope and the potential throughput of, a, of an operation. Um, but we do have some internal goals and, and uh, metrics and, and, you know, our stretch target is really to be a, a 20 million ounce per annum producer. And in order to do that, we need to find, uh, you know, well in excess of several hundred million uh, ounces of silver equivalent, which I believe is achievable. But that doesn't mean that's all we're going to find. We're going to continue to drill as we as we develop the project through studies and into construction. Right. Okay. So you, there's a, there's a sort of timeline um, laid, laid out there, and an, a, a statement of intent, ambition from me in terms of the size of this. Um, that probably serves you quite well in, in this market where we're seeing so capex projects being. Uh, budget's been blown out of the water um, significantly through this inflationary, you know, COVID and supply chain issue uh, time of ours. So, with the capital component right now, you've got enough to get you through the hundred. They've finished off the hundred twenty thousand meter drill program. Then there's a resource update. Will you continue with the drilling there if you've got to deliver this scale that you're talk talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, you know, it's imperative that we continue drilling, and that's really, you know. Near-term targets, near-term catalyst for investors. Uh, first of all, we've you know we bounced off the bottom very well, in you know despite the silver price recently. Um, but really, you know, there's two main catalysts. There's the the resource updates, which are kind of the big milestones, and then following that, it'll be some sort of you know scoping study PEA. Um, but really, the how I see it as a catalyst is what if we find another Copala? I mean, Copala is 10 meters thick. It's five times the size of average average mine mine width in, in Mexico and it's half a kilo in grade and runs for a kilometer and we still haven't found the, the extents of it. So, you know, for us to find something like that, again, while we're drilling, but while we're developing the project, you know, you get the best of both worlds. You get, you know, moving through towards production, which will be, by the way, a, a low capex. I think one can look at um, Silvercrest as, as kind of a benchmark for what it costs to build a uh, similar processing facility in a mill um, to what we'd be looking at here. So it's sub 150 million USD. Um, that's well built, you know, it's, it's not, uh, not the cheap option. Um, so, you know, I think this is, uh, this is really kind of a must own company in that sense. If you love discovery, you love high grade, but you also want to take advantage of, you know, higher gold and silver prices in the future. Right. I'm, I'm talking of must own. I mean, do you feel that you are doing everything you can to attract attention from outside? Um, bidders, or is this something that you, through Inventor Capital, are genuinely um, intent on actually delivering into producing silver operation yourselves? Well, there's a couple of 
data points and I, you know, I'm, it might be an annoying, but I'm kind of pseudo philosophical about it because we can only control the things that we can control here. And we can't control when a, you know, a company decides that they must own us, of course. Right. And, and, you know, I think when companies build to sell, they, they might cut corners. Um, now it's clear that this is going to be a transformational asset for whoever owns it. And it's, you know, we'd be very happy to, to move forward and, and, uh, be one of the world's largest um, single asset silver producers here with with Panuco, um, but we also have the team that can can deliver on it. You know, I know obviously I you know relatively young, but um, and, and our core team that you know we we're energetic. We get out there, we tell the story uh, to everyone who will listen to us. But we're backed up by people on the ground that are you know twenty year, thirty year veterans in Mexico um, that built mines and operate mines. People that have worked at Pan American, Agnico, Capstone. Um, you know, all of the major operations in Mexico. And then on our board, of course, the uh, living legend, Craig Perry is our chairman. Um, he's built the, uh, uh, you know, coal mine in Far Eastern Russia, a challenging environment for sure. Simon Smerlik on our board, chief operating chief operating officer of Osenko Engineering. They just built Las Chispas uh, in Sonora. So uh, Simon's been to more mines than most people, or has built more mines than most people have ever been to. And, um, you know, that's the kind of guidance and support that we have, uh, although we have a, you know, an energetic kind of core team um, that, you know, the support on the ground and, and the board um, that we have is, is totally conducive to, to building this. Right. So if, if, you, if you look at internally, there's going to be internal discussions and then there's going to be the marketing stuff, right? Internally, you're talking about, well, what are the re-rate potential moments for this company? Um, and I expect, you know, silver price is going to do a lot of heavy lifting for you and everyone else. But what are the bits that you are absolutely laser focused on to happening? And I, and I don't want it just to be about the, you know, the resource updates. Like, what does it take to deliver the data that you're going to need to put the best possible resource update there? What's, what's the, what are the things which are super important for you to focus on to be able, able to deliver the best economics when you get through to the economic studies? Well, I think a lot of that has to do... Um, with mine sequencing. And so what we've been looking at there in terms of kind of payback and payback is gonna be incredibly important for us. So if you were to take a look and it's interesting, if you look at our maiden resource, that's gonna be pretty historic by the time we put out this in only nine months, by the time we put the update in towards the end of the year. Um, so you're gonna see some high grade structures there like Copala II and Cristiano, uh, the high grade zone at uh, Napoleon, and then you know the incredible high grades at, at uh, Copala. And understanding how those would sequence into um, basically products that you need. So that's what we're laser focused on. But at the same time, it's optimizing metallurgy. We have high recoveries already. Uh, understanding the flow sheet early on, that's important. And then it's just making sure that we don't have major delays around, you know, power and permitting and things like that. So how do we offset that? But really, it's all about how do we get the highest return for investors um, and maximize value with, uh, with, with mine sequencing. Okay, the mind sequencing, that's, that's really, really interesting. And, and I, I kind of like this sort of slightly old school approach, which is let's just make sure we, you know, inc you know have maximum po possible margins on, on everything um, rather than just telling stories in the market. That, 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 that's kind of good news. Um, with regards to, um, you, you mentioned something there in terms of making sure that we're not kind of held up in terms of permits and licenses and so forth. And we, the environmental is, is, is a big thing at the moment in South America. Um, what's what's it doing up there in in Mexico for you? I mean, in terms of conversations locally or, or, or federally, are you getting all the still the right sorts of noises that you would expect? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, it has become a little bit more of a challenging environment in Mexico. 
but it's become a more challenging environment everywhere in the world. And, and you know, we have investments in Venta in, in copper mines in British Columbia and, and things elsewhere uh, around the world. But this is the best um, permitting scenario that I've ever seen, permitting environment that I've ever seen, you know, kind of in terms of our, our, our broad scope of investment. So I, I love Mexico for that. It is a little bit more challenging. Everything worth doing is a bit challenging, so that's no problem. Um, but um, you know what, the, uh, the fact that we're a Brownfields district, um, fact that we have an operating, a past operating and per previously permitted mill and um, underground mines that are permitted on the, the district uh, that we own makes it a lot easier. So, you know, that that's, you know, it's not going to be, nothing's easy ever in mining, of course, but uh, as far as the position you want to be in, it, it, we're in the best position there because it's a, a Brownfields district. It's a mining town. Um, you know, everyone there, 70% of our workforce comes from those, um, the, the surrounding towns where we're a big part of the towns um, and, uh, and, and they're miners. They've been miners for 500 years. So, okay, help me out here. Okay, I, I've, I've, I have historically not been a kind of silver bull and I'm sort of coming, coming around to sort of under, understanding it a little bit better, having spent a lot more time on it. Okay, we get that you're, you're going to be tier one and you're top of the list when it comes to who investors should be throwing their money at. Okay, let's take that as red. But there are going to be a, there's a lot of silver stories out there at the moment who are perhaps you know suffering because of the woes of the market and silver price. But I suspect there's going to be a lot of marginal projects who are going to suffer, which for me as an investor is kind of a good thing if I'm looking in anew because it means there's less kind of choice because I'm slightly overwhelmed with silver company choice at the moment. So what what, what are the what are those sort of sort of companies look like for you in terms of those sort of marginal projects? What Broadly, uh, is are there the, the features that I should be looking at? And say, well, actually, do you know what that is? That's a slightly less attractive because of the following features. Well, you know, um, I think what's important for uh, silver companies, you know, and, and really any mining company is is margin, right? So people always say grade is king, but grade isn't necessarily king. Margin is king, and you know, you can get margin through a couple of different things. One is a low cost operating environment. Uh, like Mexico, or through scale, like a large district, and certainly through grade and near surface uh, mineralization, right? So those are kind of the keys. Um, another thing I would think about would be, um, you know, grade is great, but grade over a half a meter or 20 centimeters kind of, you know, suffers a lot of dilution underground. So you need to think about that. And so, you know, what are your average mining widths underground? Uh, what are the, the, the widths of the structures? That's always important. Um, you know, so there's, there's, there's a few, few points like that. And, and of course it always brings me back to, if you want something that's, that's high margin and a spectacular project, then, you know, what's better than a high grade district in Mexico and a brownfields area that you can actually put into production. So I think Visa checks all those boxes. It does. It does indeed. Um, and okay. You've got, I think you've got another day, day and a half or so there, um, down at Beaver Creek. Um, I hear it's round packed. Everyone's buoyant, excited to be there. Um, what what does like a good conference look like for you once you've once you've got through this? You know, I it's important to take this all seriously too. I, so for us, it's just that we're we're, we're there, we're present, we're executing in all these meetings, and and you know that we're we're you know just doing the best job we can to tell the story. And so um, I, I always really enjoy these, and, and we have a, you know our team here as well. So we've we've got a bit of a divide and conquer if we need to approach, which is always helpful. And so. 
you know, right now, I, you know, Mike Pettingill is our VP of BizDev is, is taking a, a meeting with the, with the, you know, a sell side analyst. And, you know, so we just, we get, this is what really excites us. You know, we've, we feel like we've got the best story to tell. And so we, we try to do the best job doing it. So, you know, at the end of the day, if we feel like we've done that, we feel like we've got our money's worth at a conference.